Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, my name is John Kennedy and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes is artist Jordan Rakai and producer Jim McRae. Born in a quiet town in New Zealand, Jordan moved to Australia at the age of three, spending most of his childhood in Brisbane. In 2014, his Groove Curse EP garnered strong support from North America and Europe, coaxing Jordan to make the 10,000-mile journey to live in London. He began to establish a name for himself in the UK after collaborating with the likes of Tom Mish and lending vocals to Disclosure's album Caracal. In 2016, Jordan self-released his debut album Cloak to high praise and critical acclaim, leading him to be signed by Ninja Tune, under which his second album, Wallflower, has been released. Jim McRae is a London-based drummer, sound engineer and producer. Drumming from a young age, Jim eventually went on to study music performance at the London Centre of Contemporary Music. He is currently studio manager and chief engineer at Old Paradise Audio, a semi-detached cottage in Waterloo that he personally converted into a vibrant recording studio. Heavily influenced by electronic music, hip-hop and jazz, Jim has recently collaborated with the likes of Laura Mish and Leifer James. He is now a permanent fixture with Jordan, having co-produced a number of songs on his first album Cloak and has been heavily involved in the development of the second LP, Wallflower, as drummer, engineer and producer. And what better way to start the podcast than to hear something from the album? Darkness growing over me silently It's creeping closer Depths try to take hold of me Violently, they seem to hold her Snake, I try some wizardry patiently You seem to bolster Hate towards my imagery Vacantly, you are the sorceress You are the sorceress it is Sorceress, Jordan Rakai from Wallflower, and Jim and Jordan are here. Um, a great way to start. Tape Notes is brought to you about by Wallflower. In but in, in a way, before we get talking about that, we need to rewind a tad and, and work out how we need to rewind a tad and, <laughs> and work out how you two Tape met. Notes is brought to you um, by So in you the decided, woods. right, to. to further afield and and go out into the big wide world of music i need to move from australia to london jordan yeah man so i moved uh, i made that decision in december t- 2014 um so i had the, i just had a sort of snap decision i was like i need to get out of brisbane i sort of want to explore the world and as a choice between london and la ended up going with london because my grandparents allow me to get the visa and all that stuff because they're british so i moved to london um within 2 weeks jim messaged me just out of the blue on Facebook. He had just heard one of my tunes on, the, on a podcast as well. 
And, it, and I, I was looking for a band at that stage. He was like, mate, I'm a drummer. If you ever need a drummer, I'm like, mate, I just moved here. I need, I need, a, I need a band ASAP. So, so I met up with him actually a couple of days later, I think. He organized a bass player for me. And straight away, you know, within two weeks, I had this like rhythm section. Now we've been playing ever since. So it's amazing how it all just, it's sort of, that's what happened when I moved to London. All these things just started clicking into place for me. So That does seem really amazing. So Jim, you reached out, but did you have any idea where Jordan might be in the world? Because I'm assuming that if you had done any research, you'd have found that he was in Australia. So yeah, it was, it was just through a friend of a friend mentioning something on Facebook saying that Jordan was moving to London, uh, needed a place to stay, I think, or something, something like that. I, I wasn't offering my, my flat, but I was offering <laughs> my services as a drummer. Um, so yeah, yeah, straight away, just, just saw that he was coming over and I'd been listening to the stuff uh, that I'd heard played on this podcast you know on repeat for a few weeks beforehand i was like yeah cool gotta send this guy a message yeah so amazing yeah yeah and um so you arrived in london with with your luggage and in that luggage um were recordings that you made in australia yeah so uh, at that stage i was sort of i started writing my first album cloak um and yeah i my dream was to come to london initially just for three months and track as much as i could and then go back and live in australia and then make the album but I came and I was having sessions and people were just, I don't know, I felt like the vibe of everyone here were on the same wavelength. So um, I just decided to stay. And yeah, brought Cloak over with me, had a few sessions with Jim. Um, he had drummed on a lot of stuff. And I was bringing in like finished sessions and then just muting my MIDI drums and he would just come in and lay the real ones. And then once it was once it was all tracked, that's when we, we all mixed the album together, me, Jim, and my bassist, Tom, who we met in that first week as well. So it seemed like, you know, it was very organic. Yeah, and then Cloak uh, arrived after that. And then Cloak came, yeah, yeah so, we mixed Cloak. so And that's how we formed this this working relationship on a deeper level than just drumming because we were mixing it, we are coming up with ideas and usually I was very self, um, everything was through me, you know, I'd mix it myself. But letting these guys come in and suggest how to mix the drums, suggest, you know, delay throws and all this stuff, I learned a lot and then that made me go, you know, I want to make my next album from the beginning with these guys, so... Yeah. Amazing. And at that point, had you met Disclosure? Had you worked with Disclosure? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's another one. Um, a month into moving to London, I get an email from Disclosure's management just saying, mate, the guys are massive fans of you. When are you in London next? I'm like, I just I just moved here. This is crazy. So it, it's just it's how it all worked out was insane. But um, yeah, I had that. they just emailed me. And then a week later, went into the session and we wrote that song in that first session. And then it went on to make the album. So that, that was an amazing experience as well. Yeah, amazing. So everything came together over a really short period of yeah. time with this fortuitous decision yeah. to, to choose London over LA. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. that was sort of the main reason why I stayed. I was like, it seems like everything's flowing really nicely here. So I'm here for life. And so you put out Cloak in 2016. Yeah. Um, and was it done and dusted in 2015 and then released at the... Well, forget, we or... finished mixing it. We started mixing it at the end of 2015 and finished it uh, fairly early on mm. in 2016. It took just a few months to release it and do the, the whole campaign and stuff. But in that time, that's when we started working on um, the Wallflower, the new album. So we had time. I was like, and I was still high off writing music. So went straight back in with Jim and him and I just worked away at the new album. Yeah. So that chemistry was, was so fruitful that you just kind of got on yeah, with it. Yeah, we just know. got right back into it. Um, yeah. there, wasn't, there was no real break there was between no, there was no break, yeah. finishing Cloak <laughs> and starting to write Wallflower. Yeah, Jim and I were joking um, earlier today that when we had the Cloak listening party, we had like seven new tunes already 
you know, sort of demo level um, for Wallflower. <laughs> so straight yeah. back in, mate. Fantastic. So we're going to hear a few selections from the Wallflower album and, and work out how they came about. And what was the first song we were going to discuss? So the first song is May, um, which is the second track on the album. And May originally started out, so there was no song at all. It was more of like we started with the instrumental first. And the first track on the album, Eye to Eye, has this extended outro, which has got a, a piano playing like five over four. Um, it was playing like an interesting rhythm. And I ended up comping that and starting it as a four. It was the, the now the one on this new song, uh, which ended up being May. Um, and it just started as a loop. Yeah. yeah you, you, you sampled it, uh, that, that bit of piano and then stuck a kick drum on it and a, I don't know, a, a hi-hat. Um, and then we took it from there and started adding synths and uh and we had some we had some um new samples uh from spitfire audio they're called like evolution strings um at which basically you just hold down a chord and the strings evolve and create these amazing textures so we had that and we were we were playing with that plus programming a sort of um a sequenced synthesizer and it created this sort of cinematic kind of uh, instrumental tune um which yeah, I mean, we, we can probably yeah, play, and, and, play and then, the original. Can we hear the loop that they started with? Yeah, then? so we'll we'll play the loop first. Um, so this is what the this is what I chopped from the outro of Eye to Eye. Just that literally, and there was sort of like a whole tone, and I was trying to move chords around it, and that's how I started the tune. And then uh, I programmed these electric. The electric drums like that. You can hear, hear the other piano part creeping in as well. And so what I did, this was all looping and I was trying to work out a piano riff that could fit, I could move chords, but the this um, holding tone would stay relevant in each chord. So you can hear the piano sort of fading in uh, and it's moving all around different keys, but it sort of remains constantly in key there. So this was the base of the song. Because that's like a piano pulse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And then you're playing around that. Yeah. And was it difficult to make sure that that exactly. fitted? Exactly. It was cool, but I, I love that because I have like a history in sort of um, loving jazz music. So I felt like I was trying to go out and in and then trying to make it sound quite cool the whole time. So um, yeah, this we came up with this within maybe in the first hour. And uh, like Jim mentioned, um, this idea of this song was actually originally to be an interlude because I wanted to build this wall of sound. Uh, and so when we had these two layers, straight away we're like, what can we, what else can we add to make this, you know, this crazy experience, this crazy sonic experience? That's how it started. Just those two, well, those three layers, the electric drums and the... And, and that sounds um, like a live take then. So that's you just playing live or did you then, having worked out which chords, what, what you're going to do, re do it i or? think i think i originally started as a live take i just got into press record and i got i was trying to work out find the cool loop and then once we got the loop i got i tried to get a really solid one in, and then we just looped it because we wanted to create this sort of because we both have a hip-hop background this whole looping based uh way of beat making i guess was the way that i came from it so yeah uh, it, once it was there just chop it up cool hit mm. l yeah and have it running the, to the end of the track <laughs> the, the challenge of that is keeping it interesting so that the loop doesn't become Boring. Exactly, yeah. but also in a way, I, it was sort of like it was like a me meditative experience, just hearing this like pulsing piano coming through. It was sort of like building. We wanted to sort of build the track as the three minutes went on. Each sixteen bars, here's a new layer, and it just got really chaotic towards the end of like these, you know, evolving strings. We had like 
flutes happening. Um, yeah. And, and at th- that stage, like I said, it wasn't a song. Um, we were just, the, the vocal part I originally wrote in the first day was just this looping vocal phrase that I wanted to build and layer harmonies as it got um, later and later as well. So, so um, what, we'll, what we'll play now is uh, what we came up with in the day one of uh, recording this tune. So we had layered all the layers and this is Jim's original drum take, which was actually um, just one take through the track. And he was just playing the ride and playing a very open sound. We're sort of channeling out in a cinematic orchestra, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> the whole sonic experience. Um, so, and this is with my vocal loop and the pulsing piano, so I'll just play that for you now. And everything sort of fades in as it gets progressively more chaotic. you can hear those strings starting to come in so it's the midi strings that evolve by themselves so this is an intriguing idea so these are the the, the, the start with the spitfire audio samples yeah yeah yeah. but they they evolve by themselves so yeah. does that mean every time is going to be different yeah yeah literally you could play you could play the same thing and depending on how you have the grid selected i can't remember the ins and outs of it but depending on how you have it selected it will it will do different things each time you play it so i think you that's literally just it's a just one chord held for the duration of the song wow we didn't actually end up using all of it um, and see how the strings are now quite chaotic and out and this tension is building and the bass is in now um so that's it was sort of like a really slow progressive house tune how Oh, how over time, you know, like we pictured it each 16 bars. Here's the new harmony of the vocal. Here's the bass part coming in. Here's an fading in arpeggio. And the idea was to create this, this sonic palette. So by the end, uh, the chaos of, um, you know, the three minutes ends in this really tense wall of sound. That's how it ended. So that was the day one. We came up with all these sort of layers and stuff like that. So we were really happy with it. And um, this is so when we were making all this album, this is before I signed to my label Ninja Tune. So we we're just really free of judgment, getting in there, making, you know, um, songs that just we liked. So I took this idea to Ninja and they really liked the sonic palette, but they were like, you know, where's, where's the song in this? You know, where are the lyrics? Where's the message? What are you doing with it? So that's when we sort of reconsidered what, what, what I was trying to get out of it. Um, and that's what really made me learn about, you know, having a having a really great sounding instrumental is cool, but you know, the song is what carries the song is what carries the the experience, I guess. So we went through and re-recorded most of the parts. Um so it sounds a lot cleaner now and it still builds a lot, but the story of the vocal is this common thread throughout the song. Yeah, so you took that basis and then wrote the rest of the song around that or on on top of it yeah Jordan already already had a sort of a song sketched out that we then sort of superimposed on top of that instrumental yeah. and 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 actually carved out the instrumental to make it to make it fit around the 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 lyrics that they ended up putting on the top because um, I was so early excited um being so early in the album process I was really excited about getting layers and layers and layers and making it sound so dense but um the problem is when you've got the vocal you're trying to sit the vocal in there all these strings and flute parts happening it it takes away a bit from the from the main vocal so yeah jim and i spend a lot of time 
you know, muting, muting loads mm. of stuff. And then in the end, we were just using the piano and the strings were coming in when I wasn't singing. And um, yeah, building it that way was much more, it suited the song a lot better. Um, so I can play some of the vocal parts. Um, I ended up writing a new chorus, which I'll play for you now. And it's me, essentially, all of my vocals on the album, I always double track myself. So these might be like quadruple tracked each harmony, this this wall of sound thing. Um, through the madness, April was unclear. Suddenly it turned to sadness. Hopes turned into fears and it was May. It was May. It was May. It was May. Yes, it was the day, the day of rain. And here's the all like the little subtle atmospheric stuff that we had beneath as well. Yet we held on. So it's kind of extracting as many elements from that original um, sort of ambient track that we'd made and like I say getting getting it to fit around this vocal that was now there so we ended up pulling loads out if you go maybe you could flip back to the, um, the original and show how dense it was by that that point in the tune so that's what that's how, how many layers were and I was trying to sing over that right and see um, how the old vocal is more of a loop um, so it, I, that's what I loved about um, really coming over that uh, realization that you know not every song has to sound amazingly sonic and you know this whole wall of sound thing. I was falling in love with it at that time. Um, it's got to work in a way that suits the vocal. So that was a big challenge for the yeah. song. I mean, and that vocal sounds fantastic on its own. Oh, <laughs> in, in a way, no. But I mean, I'd love to hear just that completely. You no, know, I could easily see how people would really, really enjoy that. But then, obviously. It, the other elements create something something else and I, take I think, it in a yeah, completely different way. I think way. adding the other elements, like the, uh, the strange arpeggio that's happening um, and the different layers of uh, production, I think that's something I've always loved, creating a, a different element to just the acoustic um, piano ballad. Because if we just played uh, my vocals uh, with the piano and bass, suddenly, it could just be a nice ballad, you know, mm. <laughs> um, an emotional ballad, but... Having, I'll add in stuff as we go. So here's the electric drums and the acoustic drums here. And there's all the atmospheric stuff that's such, and that's all the layers. It's actually quite simple now. Uh, yeah, and so this part coming up. So this part but, coming up is a bridge. And they used, to, in the original, there was a breakdown that we were trying to go. So we're trying to build lots of chaos get to this breakdown and then have ultra chaos at the end um and it never really i don't know it never really translated exactly what we we're trying to do so the last day so we had mastering in two days and i was like i'm still not happy with this bridge um jim went into the other room to like teach a drum lesson i think it was yeah, like yeah. that and i just sat at the i sat at the piano going we need to i need to write something um and i wrote this bridge on the last day of working on this tune and we just tracked it quickly recorded the keys and i recorded the vocal like I said, it builds up and then there's this release of this sort of emotional lyric in the in the bridge and then it gets back to the resolving chorus at the end. And this whole song's about my um my grandmother passing a couple of years ago. So to create sort of that emotion was pretty important for me. So yeah, I'll play I'll play the bridge for you now. Mm. It was made. 
actually quite challenging for us trying to get back into that that final chorus we, we couldn't work out how how we were going to make it work um and, and if you notice but there's actually a split second of complete silence there because we we just we just felt it was the best way to kind of to make the impact to give it to give it the right amount of impact um and we were reversing things and pulling things so you hear things panning around and uh, and whatever but it's just just taking the elements of the chorus and reversing them in um, as it comes back, but to put that in two days before mastering. Yeah, it was. It was. I. I yeah, it was. It was a lot of the theme of making this album. I guess not being afraid to change. You know, change something that we originally not getting too attached to the original idea. Yeah, I love it, and it's very effective. Yeah. I think. Um, but I'm fascinated by this idea that you were using these elements that you had no control over. Um, these evolving samples that, that kind of were spiraling out of control. But then obviously you then did apply a lot of control because you were muting them, taking them out, keeping them in, uh, etc. We're just fascinated by the technology. So letting it ride out, especially for the first demo of this song, well, the first session we had, it was all about building the chaos. And once we had got the whole four minute, uh, I guess, evolution of the strings, we then cut it up and then faded it in different sections to where, hey, we like this tension over here. Also, what Jim did in terms of production point was that the strings were amazingly sitting around the headphones, but it's creating a lot of mud because it was covering the whole stereo imaging. So when I was singing, he brought it into mono. And then when I wasn't, he brought it back out to stereo and we were trying to like create space that way. Yeah. If, if you we spent that. a lot of time trying to create space with this, with this tune because, because in that first day we'd thrown every idea we had down um, and then brought this vocal in at a later stage. It was just about about finding space so yeah the, the first day there was no control whatsoever just just anything and everything went on it and then as as we worked through it we started pulling bits out here and there mm. it's interesting and i love that it, it in some ways started and it started from a loop but then your reaction to that loop exactly well. and that's the it seems like that's the whole way we made the album was i'd come in and you know we'd get this uh we'll get the guitar part down and maybe the drums and then from there you know, he's standing over there doing the synths. I might be over here playing the piano and we're jamming. And then I'll hear something like he's just holding a drone. I'm like, let's track it. And, you know, let's, let's get it on. And it was a very much like improvisational production, the way we produced it. It wasn't like we didn't sit down with this song and go, okay, you know, how can we bring tension in the second chorus and stuff like that? It was just more like get layers and layers down. Um, and then from there, <laughs> once the vocals are there, we'll strip back what we can. So mm. Um, and we, I mean, we were still producing, adding parts whilst mixing, like like we say with this one, like in the final stages, still still adding parts or taking parts away to the of the from the production, two days before we had our mastering deadline. <laughs> so it was yeah, really, yeah. And the, I mean, obviously, the two of you um, are the the people who are making this, but I mean, you have other people coming in. So there's Tom on bass, and so for when you play live, is it just the three of you, or, or? no? Well, now there's there's uh for this European tour, there's going to be six of us. But in the making of this album, I actually might have tracked most of the melodic instruments, and Jim Jim just tracked the drums, um, because I came from the my background of just producing it all. So I'd even program drums in old EPs, 
Um, but Tom Tom played bass in a couple of tunes. My guitarist Sheldon played uh, guitar in a couple of tunes. And other people like my friend Alpha Mist, he played a lot of keyboard. Amazing. And so where does May fit into the the whole uh, creation of Wallflower? We're going to hear another tune now. And is, is there a sequence to these songs? There is. Well, May, actually, uh, like we said, I sampled it from the outro of the first tune. So this is the second tune in the album. And they actually seamlessly flow into each other because I did that. And that's the only reason why I sampled it, because I wanted to have this whole... It's, I've always had a dream of having that that segue in, in a in an album where track one goes right into track two. And that bridge you hear in May is the first break from in the first two tunes at all. So it's just this really long 10 minute journey. And then finally there's a break and then the song ends. You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in, as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Tape Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labeling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers, and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organize set lists, and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favorite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favor. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. So May's the second tune. The second uh, tune we can show you today is a tune called uh, Chemical Coincidence. This one was a really, really fun one to, to do, if you remember. Yeah, one. yeah. So uh, so this one, again, same, same thing. Jordan books a day in with me he comes in he's got a new tune for us to do. We, we we pretty much did a new tune for each each day we did um and we do one day uh, work on it as much as possible get every idea down and then come back to it uh, a couple of weeks later and this one jordan just kind of you know just playing the guitar he was set up in the control room um and i'm i'm on the drum kit and he's just telling me kind of sort of directing me as to what he wants sort of really slow garagey sounding 70s sounding thing he was listening to a lot of like crew Angbin and yeah, Tame and Parlor. Um, and and I don't know like the that. way they just distort their drums. It just sounds so dirty in a way, but I don't know. There's something nice about it. And Nick Hakim, he just released an album which was really like you know, lots of spring reverbs and and stuff like that. It sounds really organic. So I wanted to like channel that. But it's funny. I can play the demo I wrote a couple of years ago. But this song came from a very um, easygoing guitar tune, and 
I had Jim had never heard this demo, even still to this day. He he, he only heard it just I only today. Heard it this morning. <laughs> um, wow. But um, I came into the session knowing what this had sounded like, but I wanted to approach it in a much different, uh, trippy sort of psychedelic sonic, psychedelic experience. So this is what the demo used to sound like. Thought that I had got the best of them. That octave on the vocal. So just yeah, just a very uh, ballady guitar tune. So I knew, I guess, all the form and the and the chords was down. I, I had I had the idea of, and I kept to the exact form actually, but I wanted to speed it up a little bit. I wanted to obviously get more psychedelic and make it sort of like a slow hip hop tune. Um, so yeah, and then so in day one, like I said, uh, we had started with this really slow, just really sluggish. Um, you know, groove. Yeah, yeah. That I was playing in the control room on the um through my guitar pedals, just this wonky guitar sound, and Jim was um in the other room, sort of just drumming along with me. I was like, go to the right here, okay, go back to the thing here, and that's how we tracked. I think that we tracked that, the drums in two it. takes. Yeah. Um, and then we just sort of, I guess, comped a few sections, but that was it. You know, that was the the rhythm section down. In comes Tom. He plays this sort of like seventies. Yeah, the bass is great in it. But yeah, but, uh, can we hear the? Uh, do you have um, that that first? We got the uh, first session. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I d we don't really have it broken up. But we, the intro here's the drums and and the old bass. This is what we had by the end of day one. Right. But initially, you had put that drum pattern in reaction to to what I was playing Jordan with guitar. Playing guitar. Um, so he was just, and it's quite a slow tempo. So it's like quite sluggish. Um, trying to be as lazy as possible. Mm. And the guitar that I played is coming in um, in this next bar coming up. That sort of pad is through all these pedals that I have. It's fascinating because you could easily think that that was an array of different instruments, you know, not just a guitar. Yeah. You're coming up with those first sections no, yeah yeah and the, the the cool thing is and that's that's I, I also this album is me i had just bought all these pedals and that's why i changed my whole songwriting process because i was like oh my god all these sounds are amazing so all those psychedelic sounds one of them is a synth but running through these pedals um and it just creates this wonky element but um the amazing story about this song is that we we're sitting on this for a while so that's the day one vibe and it pretty much stays like that throughout and we were sitting on this for a while and I just wasn't really 
it just didn't sit in the album because my album's quite dark and emotional and sort of ethereal. And this is like this psychedelic seventies vibe. Um, so I actually just, I did a bit of a cheat and I just went in the session and just pressed very speed and just sped it up two semitones. Um, and that's why the song is actually up two semitones. We didn't retrack anything. We just did the cheat. We just pressed the button and everything's faster. Um, so the, the drums now sound a bit, I don't know, the drums just sound a bit like the, the gradients affected a little bit because it's going through all these algorithms and stuff like that. Um, another amazing thing about this tune, in the outro, we, we speed up towards the end. The band's like getting chaotic. And again, we just did another cheat where we just, just um, auto-mapped auto the tempo and Logic did its work for us. And it sounds... Because it's an algorithm, the gradients are affected towards the end. But I quite like the the element of that, and I know that's sort of like I guess a bit it, of a cop it, out, but it 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 definitely it definitely degraded the audio quality to some extent. Um, I mean, we actually had a bit of a a bit of a time with the bass uh, the bass sound. We we lost a lot of clarity in it because of the very speed algorithm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if we play that outro, yeah, I'll play the outro. It, sound, it sounds like we've sped up as a band, but we we haven't at all. It's just logic. <laughs> This is just coming up to the outro now. now. As you can hear, as it slowly progresses, the transients of the drums sort of get a bit... They get a bit blurred, don't yeah. they? Yeah. But we committed to that. We, we like that idea. Yeah. In some ways, it lends it almost a... Uh, an old audio feel to it you know as if you're listening to a an older recording from maybe the 70s yeah, that yeah. has been degraded over time oh no, yeah exactly so as it's sped up now it's sort of just gradually gotten faster Had, we had that much of the track done before then going and very speeding the whole thing um, and raising it two semitones, uh, which which brought, yeah brought the whole tempo of the track. I don't know what the resultant tempo actually it, ended it up, went up at, quite but, a lot, yeah. but it's quite a bit faster the, the the final version. But presumably the vocals all went on top on, of that. So yeah, so I re I, I I never did vocals. That was just an mm. instrumental, and then I wrote the vocal to the. Well, I had the track, but then I re sort of arranged the vocal to the faster one. So we did some really cool stuff on this track because um, we we're trying to create that space. Um, Jim had an idea. There's like a cafe near Jim's studio in this little cottage in Waterloo where um, the guy let us use the guy let us use it, and we were running the music through this big cafe and setting up mics to create natural reverb. It's um, a huge, like triple height ceiling, um, big apex roof, uh, amazing quality in the, the of the ambience in the room. Um, we had actually done a live session in that space. It's 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 a music venue as well, and the space sounds amazing. So we 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 just took the track, took a bunch of the stems, and went and ran it out in the room and used it as an echo chamber, basically. But he yeah. set up his computer. We we had like a couple of stereo pair mics maybe 15 meters from the speakers and the speakers were pointed at the wall actually so if you're looking at the speakers they're pointed towards the corners of the wall and then they were bouncing off into this room and we had the mics way back there but then we'll show you what the drum stem sounded like this is the pure reverb so this is what the mics picked up of these drums
um, and this is what I'll put the music in as well. Because my, my studio is tiny, so there's no no real decent ambience in there. So yeah, running this out gave us that big studio kind of yeah totally. Kind of so ambience. this this is the recording made in your studio, Jim. <laughs> played yeah. then out. played in this cafe yeah. stroke music venue. What's the name of it? Eclectic. Right. Um, it's, it's it's in inside the complex where my studio is. It's just um, just over the road. And then and then you add the vocal on top. And of then that? I add the vocal right. on top of all the wetness. Even we ran the vocals through that. It did, but it didn't sound that nice. You know, yeah, having vocals through like a big wooden echo, you know, echo chamber. But um, it was so interesting. It just made me think about um, you know, capturing real. So it just sat in really nicely because you got natural reverb. Sometimes you're sitting there with these plug-in reverbs and you're trying to EQ out all the harsh all the harsh tones. But this is like. This is what a room sounded like. So the yeah. drums are like, you know, maybe I'll just play the drum solo um, just for now. So this is the final drums, but with the reverb, I mean, it's quite obviously loud. So um, we then took the drums we initially recorded as well and chucked it back to a pair of distressors and some valve preamps and sort of dirtied it up a bit. I mean, they're pretty heavily compressed. Um, but then also did, ran it through like that with the... Um, the ambience that we'd recorded from the other room. So that's why you get a kind of uh, ducking sensation to the reverb. Mm. So yeah, it was just very subtle, but I think it creates a nice natural space. Totally. I keep thinking an MC is going to come in. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. It's quite hip hop but I'll, I'll play my vocal stuff. Interface, I guess it's all to do with the cosmology. You thought you knew it best, but no, huh? It's simple like the roots of trees. Take this like you would, my gentleman. Knowing all we are a misconstrued. Let the freedom of my gentle skin. And these are the atmospheric layers beneath. There's noises like Jordan just like plucking the headstock of the guitar that's kind of floating around in the background there. Here's the bass. Some really basic percussion. And all that slapback delay on the vocal. Oh, there again, we're trying to create that tame and parlor, um, to know, vintage sound. And here's the drums there. Yeah, we went pretty, pretty heavy on the delays. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a wet, wet track in general. And this is the outro that speeds up. We'll play it in the new tempo now and <laughs> see how fast it gets. It gets yeah, it gets almost silly. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing about the percussion in this section is we played the percussion live to this to the fake speeding up. So the the percussion speeding up is live, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's a bit wonky.
but it makes it sound like you've got a few different musicians playing together, working on the rhythm. Yeah, exactly. Which, in effect, you have, but it's yourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> And that's it. And that's it. So that tune, um, all like like Jim said before, all those layers were there in day one. But it's it's funny how the story of that tune totally changed. You know, we speed it up. We speed up the outro as well. Um, I re-record to the new, to the new very sped uh, pitch, mm. and, and all we the natural reverb. So, and then we went through and, and sort of filtered the intro, the drums in, in the intro, sort of filtered right down. Um, we played around with the vocal effects in the intro as well um it kind of explodes the the the, drum, the filter opens on on, on should on. i play a little bit of the intro maybe just to yeah, give some yeah. listen to some so again yeah taking the, the elements we had but then processing them in a way that just makes it more interesting in the in the introduction easy or i told the rest of them Memories of what come true Conflict of interface I guess It's all to do with the cosmology You thought you but they, that's the intro, and then we get into the this, this sort of standard song as as it as it was. I mean, it sounds like um, it could be quite an intense thing the way that you're you're executing these these changes and um, uh, applying these ideas. But at the same time, I get the impression that once you've decided, you kind of roll with it and spend a few hours doing it, and then and then walk away. No, exactly. Exactly. I mean, well, I might get to gyms at ten. We set up the drums for an hour and a bit. Um, track the drums now it's like one quickly lay all the synths now it's like three and then we go home at seven but boom all those ideas are there mm. um and then the next day like that's it um there were completely sort of free-flowing days um it it meant that we kind of had a difficult job when it came to mixing it um because the, the yeah. all, all, all these all these days where we'd 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 not really Trying to think of we the hadn't word. labeled tracks. We hadn't done all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. All, all the normal studio procedure kind of went out the window. We had twenty tracks in a in a, a project, all saying audio one, audio two, audio three. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like just just get it down, get it down. Um, we didn't dwell on any of the songs for any longer than a couple of days. Um, it was the mixing that took a long time because trying to consolidate and make the record sound like a like one album. But um, the production was so much fun. That's what's that's what's fun about music for me is just writing the songs, tracking. But it's interesting because because the, I think the vocals are, are are so affecting for for the listener that in some ways um, you kind of think of Jordan Rakai and you think of you know the singer. Do, yeah. do, do, do you know what I mean? I, I mean, definitely. I, I still think uh, people. I mean, there's. I feel like I've got certain sort of fans where like a lot of them are just into the into the voice and maybe the lyrics. But then there's this growing scene now, especially with the album just coming out recently, where people are discovering that you know there's interesting production behind it all which is um it's really fulfilling f for me especially because i love so i love the music as well as, as i mean i don't love my voice but i'm just saying as well as like the voice sells the product i feel like the music could equally sell it too mm. so but it, but it seems from what you're saying that in some ways the you know the the voice is just in a an <laughs> an aside for yeah, you, you know it is it is though <laughs> which is interesting I just, because because I think a lot of people would perceive oh you know he's that amazing new singer you know you've got to check him out do, do you know the way people talk about singers and yeah and, yeah 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 you know, yeah just just um just going to the the way the way Jordan records vo vocals I mean, he's got he's got he's got a way of of um, layering his voice that is, is 
pretty consistent throughout. There's always there's always going to be a, a vocal stack, a harmony stack. Yeah. Panned hard left, hard right. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the chorus. Uh, but he knows exactly what he's going to do and he doesn't overthink it. And the vocal recording sessions, we'd get three tracks done in four hours. Yeah. Two tracks in four hours, wow. maybe. Just, just, just kind of knock them out, harmonies. It's usually like tracks. three three takes of each verse. And then I come back afterwards. I'm like, I know this is cheating, but then I comp in the best line of each, you know, something mm. like that. And then the chorus is, um, I feel like with double tracks and quadruple tracks, when there's four, you know, when you're quadruple tracking in unison, you don't really have to be in pitch um, because not to say that, you know, I might be out of pitch, but I'm just like, cool, let's get that one down. Next one, let's double it. Third one, let's double it or triple it, whatever. Um, because, you know, when something, when you hear a choir, it sounds, it sounds lovely, but I'm sure they're not all in perfect pitch. They sort of equal each other out the way they sing and stuff. So when I do all my gang, the gang harmonies, when there's like 16 tracks of vocals there singing four part, so one part each, but four of them are singing that part. I feel like it just cancels each other out. So I'm not too bogged down in like getting the perfect BV part. It's all about the vibe. Yeah, just yeah you're just letting out that emotion. And I think that's what people respond to yeah. uh, as well. And then, then they're welcomed into this, this fascinating world. So uh, we're going to listen to a third track, which is different again. Yeah, Clues Blues. It's very different. Um, because Brass is on this. Yes, exactly. So um, Clues Blues... Uh, this is an interesting one. So Clues Blues, I wrote as like a hip hop beat, um, I think four years ago now. And I had written it in my bedroom back in Australia. And I loved this sort of wonky, I was discovering like wonky production. I had this idea. So anyway, I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't release it. It's been four years. And then I, I tried to sort of write it in, in another way and took it to gym. And then we made it into this sort of free form, I guess. I don't really know what it is. Afro beat. It's 12-8, isn't it? It's a, it's a kind of... It's, yeah. a, it's, just, it's, it's just a free form song. There's no chorus. There's no verse. Again, the vocal part is more of like a layer that fits in with the, the context of the song. I did, this is another song that I sort of wrote as a, using the vocals as an instrument rather than the main focus. Um, so I'll play you the original hip hop demo, which is a bit cheesy, but um, I'll, I'll show it to you. <laughs> <laughs> sick of all the nonsense. Sick of all the news. It's not about the doctrine. It's about those who choose it. The blues clues, 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 blues clues. I wanna be a kid again, explosive like I'm. So again, I sort of knew um, straight away coming into the session, I was like, I'm deleting everything of the instrumental. I just want to make sure the vocal, can can we make a way of making the vocal um, sit? So we get to the session, um, the percussion player there, Ernesto, who's my percussion player, um, I just told him I want like so many polyrhythm, I wanted like four different per percussion parts that fit in a grid in different areas of the bar. So he came up with all these interesting ideas. Um, and then Jim literally, I think it was just two takes. We just, he just did two takes and I told him to go, okay, go to the ride now. sort of on the talk back. Okay. Bring it up now. Go to the snare now, side stick, and then start fading out. And so we got two of those takes and we just like go, okay, yeah. let's comp in each. It's sort of like a vocal take. We we're comping sections of his drum jam. Um, that's why this song is very free form as it goes along. 
So do you have those those drum takes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got the drum takes. Yeah. So, but yeah. so so yeah, the drums going down after the percussion. So yeah, yeah. I was sort of playing off the percussion that we ended up putting down with Jordan shouting in the talkback, like telling me where when to go to the ride and when to change things up. That's interesting because surely that's the opposite of how it yeah. normally been. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the cool thing is, Jim a lot of the time is not playing straight. He's going past the bar and accenting different parts. It's just it's just very free, I think, and that's why it's really cool. Because when we were recording it, I was like, yes, everything is like. You know, everything is, this is sort of, again, chaos at this stage. Um, so early on in the... Can, can we hear the percussion parts? Are they available to, oh, yeah. to hear them without the drums? Right, so Ernesto recorded, All of these, these, four layers. So I pitched a couple of the congas in different pitch. So the left and right is the same conga, but it's different pitch. So it sort of sounds like there's two of them playing. There's kibasa in there. So and then this is Jim hears this and starts... And then he does this. So it's sort of like this uh, melting pot of rhythms all over the place. There's no one. Where's the one? I mean, it's obviously one, two, three, four, one. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, at this stage though, I had the bass line and everything was there, but um, it was more so them going all over the place while the music was staying quite central. I'll, maybe I'll just play the vocals um, just with the percussion because I think it sounds quite cool because it's quite rhythmic. So, in a way, we can hear that original demo which we've heard, yeah. and we can hear those vocals and and the, these words, but in a completely different setting. Totally no. different, yeah. And that's uh, uh, a lot of the music was uh, done, and then I brought sort of these old vocals in with the melodies and the choruses already done. And sort of this this dub element because I'm a massive mm. fan of this New Zealand band Fat Freddy's Drop, um, who you know they manipulate dub delays like no one else. They rinse yeah. it. So and they've uh, got a great combination of of harmony, vocal harmony, haven't they? Yeah. With you know with instrumentation like and, and electronic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So all that sort of wonky vocal stuff, but the drums and percussion are just chugging along, and they just keep this constant steady steady groove. So. I'm, um, I'm glad you didn't play me that demo before we did the session. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have known how that vocal was going to fit over yeah. the, the the new direction. Completely so, what different. did they have to work with? I mean, so in terms of oh right, so the, the, no, for the percussion and then the drums, um, I can play you uh, the I guess the the music pre pre drums. So I had done the I think I had even done the vocal. So this is what they might have got. In. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't a vocal by that point. But you were it's just this. You you played them this groove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was I I'd programmed a MIDI six eight thing. Right. So I had like programmed a, like a terrible MIDI loop, and then G I just said Jim, I don't want you to play like this. I just wanted to be swung like six eight, and then go all over the bar. So um, he's sort of doing it, but then he's you know he's moving all over the bar. Um, well, actually, it was percussion first. 
again everything is sort of locking in the 16th note uh rhythm where everything's all over the place but it's it's this lock each, each phrase has kind of got its own space um within the within like the, the bass lines a rhythmic pattern and then yeah and then jim's is more free over the top to sort of to glue it all together um and then in came the horns oh yes so these horn parts are from this uh, band in London called United Vibrations, who are an amazing band. And I just went into the horn session and uh, uh, sort of, not beatbox, scattered what, an idea of sort of what I wanted. I said I wanted to be quite interesting. Um, and they totally picked it up and they sort of, Wayne, the guy, sort of wrote this part. Um, I'll play it for you. Maybe I'll play it solo. Here's the other scorn part, which is like, uh, again, so many rhythmic layers in this tune. I wanted this to be, because um, the, the album's quite dark and more of an emotional, I guess, self-reflective album. This was this, uh, I guess, the dancey one of the album, so I wanted everything to be like quite rhythmic. Question as well. So those dubby elements that you're 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 applying them to the brass after you've recorded yeah, them. Yeah, after I've recorded yeah. them, yeah. But not live. No, it's not as if no, no, you, no, you no, weren't not, doing not, like, a live. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be amazing. I did a lot of I did a lot of like live uh dub stuff with my guitar stuff because I've got some pedals that do delays. Um, and we we're just committing to the, I guess the, what's it called? The, um, printed audio. You can't really go back and, you know, change anything. So, um, this tune was very, yeah, it's was obviously quite dubby. Um, I'll play it with the drums and the bass and everything. It's essentially a live, a big live jam. And loads of rhythmic elements. I could picture um, completely fact, multi-tracked. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I actually wrote this this version after I'd just seen Sean Cooty play at Blackheath Festival. Yeah, yeah. So um, at Charles Peterson's stage, this guy Sean Cooty, Afrobeat, and there's all these layers of these, like you know. Mm. But then he has a twenty-piece band. Well, exactly. Does, yeah, yeah. And, so we and have like tons a twenty-piece of backing vocalists and dancers and everything. Yeah. So. I guess when we're tracking, this is a thing about when um, I was asked this recently about the album, but we didn't compromise, you know, it's not like we were going, hmm, we can't create this live, let's not add that layer. We're, we're adding as much as we could because I sort of think of them as two different beasts, if you think the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we've got all these layers that we'll now go and pick and choose which bits make it into the live performance. Um, but I think know. the album, I think uh, I'd, I'd never really compromise and go, you know, if there's, if there's seven percussion parts, I'm happy with that. And obviously our percussion player can't go all over the place, but um, it's all about getting the right parts that fit and creating that 20 piece band in this sort of recorded setting so yeah it's really interesting because do you think that has a lot to do with you know having begun in your bedroom and, and working on on your own yes. back home in brisbane as opposed to say i'm just thinking say if you were a cootie 
um, then you'd have been oh, growing up with this amazing uh, band of musicians around you. So the the natural thing to do in that situation would be, you know, they start playing and you join yeah. in and you you kind of chop it around as you're doing it, and eventually you arrive at something. Um, whereas you know you're kind of doing that, but in your zone. You know. I think uh, because the whole album theme is about me being introverted and having social anxiety, and that's what most of the lyrics are about. So growing up, I was always in solitude a lot by myself so i spent all that time making music from the age of about 11. um so coming to london uh i've been collaborating a lot more and sort of like letting more people come into that circle so i mean i guess jim's jim's in that circle now <laughs> <laughs> i'm grateful um, but um, I, was, I was allowed in we sort of both yeah i've come from that history where i got the loop going from the hip-hop background here come the drums and play the bass line cool i'll just commit to it that's it play the keys standard i would record a couple of bvs and like that's a song and moving to london the layers sort of got like each release has got more and more layers um i, guess, uh, as I you, sort of as... want to release a folk album next just to like bring <laughs> it back to like the bare bare bone songwriting but yeah as as you've as you've kind of gained more inspiration and taken more inspiration from different places that yeah the layers just got more dense because <laughs> yeah because and, and as you acquired more instruments as well you just wanted to try this out and add this and add this and take that it's so funny to look back on it and play this stuff now. It sort of brings back memories of how we were making these tunes and it's very like in the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the fruits of the labor uh, kind of speak for themselves. I mean, it sounds fantastic. And it's great hearing these songs broken down in this way and getting this kind of window on, on how you worked. And, and also um, seeing in it in a, in a slightly cheesy way, but seeing how the wallflower, I guess that's you, Jordan, yeah. you know, has kind of blossomed yeah. and, and is now kind of taking over the garden in a way. No. <laughs> yeah, I think I've definitely learned a lot as a person um, since being in London. And that's sort of what I talk about in the album, how much I've, how much, you know, I used to have be trapped by the anxiety, but now like I've becoming more confident with myself and, you know, collaborating more has allowed me to become, uh, yeah, I guess not a better person, but, you know, a more, you know, it doesn't affect me as much as it used to. So, yeah, like you said, I, I'm starting to branch out a bit more. Yeah, fantastic. It's been so good to have you here. Thanks so much for coming Thanks, uh, to Iguana, uh, Jim and Jordan. Thank you and, um, and see you further down the line. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. Tape Notes is brought to you by In The Woods. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review, tell your friends about us, and make sure you're subscribed so you can enjoy the latest episodes when they're released. Until next time, I'm John Kennedy. And thanks for listening.